Hey, what's going on, Greg? What's going on, Exit? Thank you for joining me, man. This is awesome. We've been we've been talking now for months. This is the first time we've done any sort of video call, so this is cool. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I'm much better looking than your avatar, and I'm much worse looking. <laughs> nah, man, you look the same. I just uh, I'm a little less uh, of a bitmoji in person. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, man, look first. First off, like I I know your background. I spent time in Boston, and also just, you know, had, had looked you up prior to us connecting and was like, oh shit. Uh, but would love for you to give a little bit of background on yourself. A lot of people know you now as, you know, obviously the founder of XSET and prior to this, the person who was the president of FaZe Clan for a couple of years, but your, uh, your background's pretty extensive. So I'd love for you to, to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, obviously I think of myself as someone who's in the culture business, and I've been okay. part of lots of different little subcultures and bigger cultural movements and stuff my whole life. And I've always been fascinated by, by culture. Um, so I grew up in, in the city in Boston. I grew up in Jamaica Plain. I don't know if you know Jamaica yep. Plain. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, it's, you know, super diverse neighborhood. A lot of Dominicans, a lot of Puerto Ricans, uh, some Cubans, uh, Irish, Greek. Italian, uh, some old Yankees still around, um, you know, uh, black, white. Um, I mean, uh, Donna Summers, I don't know if you even know who she is, but she, mm-hmm. she's like a disco queen. She came from Jamaica Plain. Okay. I think one of the guys from New Edition came, Joey McIntyre from New Kids in the Block. Yep. Um, a lot of interesting folks came out of JP. Very eclectic community. Very different than especially when I was a kid, it was very different than the rest of Boston. It was like very segregated. Like you had Cambridge and Jamaica Plain, which were these very diverse areas. And then you had a lot of other areas where like it was just a Dominican neighborhood or just a Irish neighborhood or just a, you know, very similar to New York, you know, but JP was this really cool melting pot. I think that experience for me, hanging out with so many different people, rich, poor, all different backgrounds, uh, you know, you know, hanging the projects and then hanging like, you know, with private school kids. Like I could go anywhere and feel like I was comfortable interacting with people. And, and I had so many cultural influences, you know, I was into hip hop really young, break dancing, graffiti. Um, you know, um, growing up, I definitely, you know, struggled with school. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I w- first I went to Boston public schools then I was having problems there. Then I went to my parents sent me to a private school. I got kicked out of that. <laughs> um, then um, I went back to public school. My junior year of public school, uh, I got kicked out again, uh, and I had to go to like a school for badly behaved kids for a year. Okay. Uh, barely got into college, um, but I always considered myself smart. But I was always drawing and you know interested in stuff like not studying. I was obviously super into hip hop from like, you know, from like the the day I could speak basically. And that was like the very early days of hip hop, right? Like no one, I remember going to a store and asking for a vinyl record. I mean, I'm showing them up. I'm like, do you have hip hop? And they're like, what's hip hop? Like that's how fucking old. Wow. Um, you know, okay. how early, I was like a little ass kid. I think they had Curtis Blow the Breaks or something like that. Okay. I was like four years old or something, right? Uh, five years old. Um, I don't know how I find it. I guess maybe MTV or something like that. But, um, you know, so 
then when I went to uh, you know college, didn't do that well. Got into drugs and alcohol, which were not uh, uh, less than uh, ideal. Not yeah, not not a good thing. <laughs> you know, I'm sober now. I've had my struggles with that. I'm not a not ashamed of it. I've helped a lot of people and so That's you so- know sobriety and stuff. And yeah, I think one of the things we want to do with XSET is you know social good. So. One of the mm-hmm. things we're going to do is help people with addiction and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like it's my, my, I have to give back. That's part of, you know, working on your sobriety. But um, <laughs> so then um, after college, I thought I wanted to be an urban planner. So okay. I worked for the city of Boston uh, as an urban planner, like buildings and affordable housing, stuff like that. Um, and I got myself into Harvard, which is crazy for grad school. That's you know, awesome. five years after college. Um, yeah. And it was really because I made so many good connections with people. Uh, I tested really well because, you know, I've learning disabilities, but they let me take the tests on time. Mm-hmm. I like nailed it. And then I had really good people back me so that the school was like, he doesn't have the grades from college to let him in. But yeah. How did he get these people to write letters of recommendation? And I wrote my whole entry essay about some of the struggles I had. And yeah. given, I'll give Harvard a lot of credit. They were like, you don't necessarily fit what we normally let in, but we want different kinds of people here with different types of intelligence. And so it was pretty amazing. I mean, that day that I got, got in was, I couldn't believe it. So I went to Harvard for grad school. Um, during, during that time, I started Carmel Loop. Um, mm-hmm. And for those of you young cats out there don't know should read about it. I mean, Carmel was a cultural phenomenon, bigger than anything I've, I've ever been involved in yet or, or, or done yet, although I think Exit has that potential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the largest streetwear site in the world. And we put on so many young hip hop artists too, because we really was, a, was sort of the first site, it was an e-commerce site to merge content, commerce, community. You know, we had this rep program, which we're gonna be launching something similar with Exit. 250,000 okay. customer evangelists who lived and breathed Carmel. We let them, you know, do whatever they wanted to, uh, to uh, um, push the brand in their own style. Like one kid, this is a crazy story. One kid did this crazy, amazing graffiti mural of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of Carmel Loop and his rep code on his mom's garage. <laughs> wow. And his mother called me up and was like, yo, like, I'm like, all right, I'll pay to paint it over. But I'm like, at least he's got some ambition. Right. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. And, you know, I met people like Kid Cudi. He was playing parties for $500 with us. Wow. Like uh, ASAP Rocky, you know, I, I went to pizza with him and Ferg and a bunch of the guys. Like, they were still in high school. You okay. know what I mean? That's um, crazy. Diplo, we made two videos for him. Uh, Kid Cudi was a really good friend. Some of were involved in, obviously, Kanye did a mm-hmm. lot with Carmelo. Yep. The fact we had tried to work out a deal where Kanye was going to buy it because you know it was having problems, and I also learned a ton about business. We had a ton of success, and then I had you know eventually the company went bankrupt, not because it was doing badly, but because I had lost control of the business. And we had mm-hmm. a private equity group who didn't understand the culture. And once you take the culture out of a culture business and yep. a culture brand, it's not going to work, right? Hundred um, percent. And I just couldn't be there, and, and I bounced. Um, so after that, I. Um, Cooked up with this guy named Paul Judge, Doctor okay. Paul Paul uh, 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 Q Judge. Uh, uh, he's a PhD out of Atlanta. Super successful guy. Um, his wife Tanya was on the Real Housewives, so that's how people would probably know him of Atlanta. Okay. But 
really smart guy, African-American, had so many barriers in front of him, became just one of the most successful entrepreneurs in America. He's got a company now called Pindrop. Um, he's had just like success after success. We started a company together called LookLad. I went through the Y Combinator program, which is out in- Did you really? Yeah. That I didn't know about. You've been to YC too? Wow. YC, man. Those are my people. Okay. Uh, and so went through that uh, and basically um, graduated from that. Really great. Started the company called Look Live. Paul and I both left, put a management team in place. Started a brand called Wanderset, uh, which was narrative e-commerce. I know I'm giving you the whole history real That's quick. That's fine. So I'll write a book. But, um, and then I met up with the Phase Clan guys because I saw that gamers and in, you know, influencers were the, sort of the new cultural uh, force. And I saw a lot of similarities between hip hop and gaming. Yep. And fashion and gaming. And so we, you know, going to FaZe Clan, you know, I, I brought Will Eddins and Clinton Sparks mm -hmm. who went out with me at Xset, you know, and, you know, Clinton brought in Offset, Will brought in Champion. We started bringing in a lot of that mm -hmm. flavor to FaZe Clan and really made that sort of karma lifestyle, but in the gaming, gaming is the DNA. Yep. Um, but then, you know, after being there for three years, um, wasn't my brand. It was a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. the, Face playing guys, especially the guys on the team, I still have tons of love for. But I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted a, a brand that represented the East Coast, which is where I'm from. I've been out yep. in LA for, for three years. All the esports and gaming brands are out there. Everything. I wanted is out something there, with a little yeah. bit more flavor, more diversity. There wasn't a lot of diversity in gaming, um, you know, and I wanted it to be like Carmel because Carmel literally had to be the most diverse company of its time. Every race, every religion, every background was represented in that company. We had like, I think at our peak, 500 employees. Did you really? You had 500 yeah. employees at Karma Loop at one point? Yeah. yeah. Damn. We did over a billion dollars in lifetime revenue while I was there. Hmm. What was the, going back to Karma Loop, what was the, what were like some of the biggest lessons you learned being that you ended up having to leave and how things played out? What would you say? Well, I mean, I think, look, it was obviously, you know, awful to lose something yeah. built right yeah you know? built from the ground up like that and humiliating it's in the papers like the company's going bankrupt they get the stories wrong all this stuff mm -hmm. um but i wouldn't i would never trade it i would yeah i, I wouldn't change it because yep. when i'm here now at exit yeah and kind about business and i was naive right like i gave my i always felt like if i gave my word and, and, and looked at people. I wouldn't lie to people directly across the table from me. Unfortunately, you know, I got involved with financial, you know, big financial firms. We're talking $80 million, $30 million checks, mm -hmm. big money coming into the company. And they just have a different value system. I'm not, yeah. some of them were really nice, good people. Some of them were like, if this guy so trips much. for one second, we're taking this damn business, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I signed a lot of personal guarantees, which I'm proud that I paid back, you know, which was a mistake. So everyone out there, listen, do not sign. If you start a business, don't sign a personal guarantee because that means that you owe the money personally. Really? Um, so even though you have a corporation, you still have a personal guarantee to the money that you would owe? Is that yeah, how it works? you don't have to do that. But I was so like bullish on, on the company. I didn't care, right? Yeah. I thought we're worth 200 million or whatever they were saying we were worth and who knows. Yeah. How could it ever go below this amount, right? And yep. that was part of the form. You know, if I had pushed back, they probably would have let me not do a personal guarantee, but I didn't. Mm. That's good um, to know. I will definitely so was, never a sign mistake. a personal guarantee. 
definitely will never sign a personal guarantee. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a thing. It's definitely a thing. If someone lends a money, most of the money that was in the company was not personally guaranteed. There yeah. were some people who wanted it and I'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah. That makes you feel better. I'll do it. Got it. Got that it. was totally naive thinking that it could never fall. I mean, I went through so many great experiences where we just went up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Pharrell, I was working with Pharrell. who's was an amazing guy. I got to be really good friends with him. You know, he was our creative director. It was like, I couldn't miss, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that happens when that happens is, you know, I'd only experienced success from like, you know, I had all this failure as a kid or where I felt like I was mm-hmm. failing, right? And then I, I got into to the business and I was just like crushing it. And, you know, I got cocky. I thought I, I could yeah. do anything. I thought that, you know, you know, it, there were, there was everything I try, I could make happen. And eventually yeah. you know, we overextended ourselves. Again, the company didn't have to go bankrupt, but you know, I also would have never had to borrow that money to begin with if I hadn't done so many different things. So yeah. one of the really important lessons of business is like focus on the fundamentals. And if something's really cool and interesting, you don't have to do it right away. Do it yeah. in order. I was doing like six things at once. Hmm, okay. So we mentioned Xset a few times. Tell me a little bit about Xset. Obviously, I know what it is, but for anybody who might not, uh, I've read the founding principles and, and read all the, the news on it, but what is Xset to anybody who might not know? So Xset's basically uh, a the sort of a lifestyle pop gaming, which is a term that I've coined. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I kind of coined it when I was at Phase Clan, but um, it's collective so we're both an esports team so we have sick esports teams that compete yep. in games like valorant and uh uh you know warzone and fortnite i think our team's ranked fifth in north america right now i saw the um, pubg so, yeah. mobile thing the pubg mobile move PUBG was really mobile. very cool very cool uh for uh, when i went to visit family in pakistan back at the end of 2018 I saw how literally everyone around me was playing PUBG Mobile. Nobody I know in the United States plays it. But everywhere I've asked around when it comes to being outside the U.S., everyone plays PUBG Mobile. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the talents that we have as a group at Xset, mm-hmm. not just me, but, you know, guys like Clinton Sparks, who's a Grammy-nominated uh, artist, you know, has produced music for any hip hop artist you can think of, he's produced a song for, you know, 75 million albums total under his belt. Um, you know, Will has done so much in the fashion industry. We're all, all good. And Marco, my, uh, the CEO and who's sort of the original founder that we started talking, he and I started talking about it, who was really early in the gaming space. He's been in the gaming space for like 15 years are all really good at seeing what's next. Right. Okay. And like mobile's not that big here yet. In the not US. yet. No. Globally, PUBG Mobile in China and India, I know they just banned it, but they'll yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, Bangladesh, uh, uh, Pakistan, you know, Huge. all over the world, most people use mobile to game. Yeah, there's just too many barriers to entry to be able to game with a console, especially with a PC. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, well, I got to work with Pharrell, which was awesome. Um, he was our creative director, he's an amazing guy. Uh, obviously, you know, big fan of his music. The stuff he's done with Adidas is incredible. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's a genius. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, so, with uh, 
with what's going on with, with XSAT right now, like obviously you guys are still new. You guys already signed that partnership with Ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, you guys want to be focusing more on diversity inclusion, which is something that the esports space isn't very good at at the moment. Uh, that would be putting it lightly. There's definitely, despite the fact that uh, everybody plays video games, the representation within popular esports teams at this moment definitely doesn't include any black or brown faces for the most part, uh, doesn't really have many women involved. And so, you know, being able to tackle that's one of the big principles behind what you guys are doing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's three things that we really want to do differently that, that makes us different, makes us sort of the world's team. Um, one is that, you know, we want to bring diversity and inclusion that's LGBTQ, that's, uh, you know, black and Latino people who are, you know, if you actually look at the statistics, they over-index in the amount that they, that they gain, but yet mm-hmm. they're totally underrepresented on the org. So what does yeah. that mean? To me, that's obviously some form of systemic racism, whether it's overt or just because the people who set up the teams, you know, recruit people that look like their kids or something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's not representative. And, and, and I've always been about inclusion and I've been about, you know, because it's something I believe in strongly. I've been very active in Boston and, and social causes, um, you know, and it's something that matters to me because if you really want a true meritocracy, meaning you want the best people, mm-hmm. you have to go to everyone. Yeah. Right. If you only go to one small segment of people, you're not getting the best people. So, um, and so one of the things we already have 11 women on the team. Do you really? Um, Damn. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. I mean, we've been signing people awesome. like crazy. Um, and you know, so we want to have a, a lot of women, uh, on the team because, you know, 43% of gamers are women, but if you look at a, a lot, most of the orgs, they might have one woman, like FaZe has one woman, Ewok. Who I- uh, how you were instrumental in bringing Ewok to the table uh, at FaZe. Yeah, I mean, I was, that was one of my proudest things. I got to know her family really well. She's obviously an amazing young woman. She's deaf. Um, you know, but, you know, she's the only female on FaZe. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of other teams have, like, one, one or two girl gamers. It's sort of like yeah. the token female. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely, you know, we wanted, and there's no reason why girls can't be as good as, uh, boys in gaming, because the fact is, you know, in sports, there's size difference, there's weight difference, things like that. Um, you know, but in gaming, you just got to have fast hands. Right. And so there's a lot of really good women gamers. And I think there'll be, uh, you know, in the future, there'll be some point a woman will probably win the Fortnite world cup or whatever. There's no reason, there's no, those barriers that, that are created are those things that are created where you have to split uh, traditional sports up into men and women don't exist in the digital space. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to have, you know, so we have a lot of really cool gamers uh, that are women. Um, obviously, we have also a really broad spectrum of people on the team. We have people like Dobby Air, um, who's an actor, he's been in Glee, he's been he was in uh, that show, Black Lightning. Um, you know, we have Kyle Van Noy, who, who's an investor in, in XED and also plays for uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Adrian Colbert from the Miami Dolphins. And then we have, you know, people like Bart and people like uh, um, AV and all these other guys or Ab or whatever uh, the fans want to call them. But, 
you know, really good, uh, you know, uh, uh, mix of like professionals and streamers and content creators. Mm -hmm. um, Minna Stess, who's an Olympic skateboarder, she's on uh, one of the best female skateboarders in the world, is on the squad. Um, also, um, we have a guy named Anthony Alfredo, who's a NASCAR driver. He was the first NASCAR driver to be so good at iRacing. Yeah. So he started out as a gamer, mm -hmm. and they recruited him to NASCAR because he was so good. So now he's an actual car driver after actual being driver. after starting in video games. Yep. Yeah, I got to look into this guy. Crazy, right? How are you going about recruiting? Like, how? Yeah, I mean, since you guys are focused very much so on being able to hit all bases, what are you doing differently in terms of recruiting that you think other teams just don't know how to do? Well, first of all, I mean, because we, I mean, we got over a billion media impressions when we kind of launched and talked about our message. Okay. So many people who felt like they'd been overlooked who are really oh. talented, yeah. like Proofy uh, and other folks that are on the team came to us, right? You know, yeah. Proofy's not an example there. He, we, we recruited him. But a lot of guys um, and girls who joined the team were like, finally, there's an org that represents me, right? Mm -hmm. And I got so many, like, touching emails. This kid who's a Native American uh, kid that, that I'm talking to, he may wind up on, on the org. He's like, I want to be the first Native American on an org. I don't know if that's actually true or not. There may be yeah. some already on an org. But his, his belief is there isn't yet. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think that um, our message, like we hit a nerve. I'm okay. talking like thousands. I mean, I'm still going through emails because one of the things like I try to pride myself on is being accessible to like the fans or whatever company I'm involved in. Like with Karma Loop, like I used to respond to like, I mean, it must have been tens of thousands of people personally over. I used to give my personal cell phone number out to yeah. like you know, to, to on the internet and stuff, right? And emails and things like that. So like we're trying to build an organization that's inclusive. Like it's not about like we're all equal. We're all like mm -hmm. everyone can bring good ideas. We want to hear from anyone. Um, and so I think what happened is we got a lot of uh, female gamers and a lot of people came to us uh, and we've been able to go through and find some really good people. We also have a guy named Robbie Mead, who was the former uh, 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 recruiter for ghost gaming and he does a lot of research and stuff. Yeah. And so we really try to reach out uh, to people that fit a profile that works with us. And that profile, I'm not talking about race and I'm not talking about class and I'm not saying it's really about attitude, right? We, mm -hmm. we want to create like, we're, we're still edgy and we're going to do cool stuff and we're doing really cool collabs and, you know, we're going to do uh, stuff that we that culturally will push the boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. Work with little Keed for his album release. Right. Like we're not, we're not like afraid to be, you know, loud and edgy, but we're, we want people that like are hustlers who want to get up and work and be part of the org. Like the guys like Kakoa who um, is a Hawaiian dude who's on, on the team, like, we signed the deal with Ghost Lifestyle. He was making content for him immediately. Like they yeah. didn't have to ask him. He wanted to do it. And he's creating his own vision, right? We have very, very, very highly creative, cultural creative people that are part of the part of the squad. Man, speaking on culture, this is the something that like having spent time in gaming myself that I think about a lot. I see so many parallels between 
early hip hop and you would even see it better because you just got to see more of early hip hop, but early hip hop or earlier hip hop and where gaming is at right now is something where to me just looks like it's the mainstream driving cultural force for young kids. The people who are the streamers and the gamers are the ones that are the influencers, similar to how rappers have been influencers forever. Not to say rappers won't be, but to kids that are much younger, I can imagine that you know meeting Ewok, meeting Ninja, meeting Banks, meeting any of these people, meeting Nadeshot, that's much more important than meeting their favorite professional athlete. And so where what do you see with that, especially having been able to see younger hip hop? Yeah, I mean... A lot of hip, a lot of, I mean, there's obviously a huge amount of parallels because, you know, hip hop just like fucked up the whole like industry of branding, everything. First they were laughed at, first they were like not taken seriously. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it was a cultural revolution. And from, you know, companies have like a track or hip hop artists or do stuff in, in the culture, right? revolutionized pop culture for the last you know 25 30 years two or three decades yeah it's crazy right um so you know i think that you know we're seeing a paradigm shift where gaming you know gamers are sort of the new rock stars um Mm -hmm. they monetize differently they you know uh they're talented uh they have certain talented and, and their talent's not always about how they play a guy like ninja for instance right yeah, uh, or someone like Davier. Now Davier would probably dispute this. So sorry, D. Uh, they're not necessarily always the best players at their game, mm-hmm. but they're the most entertaining. They have a great personality when they're streaming, right? And so they're really skilled. But yeah. part of their skill is connecting with people, right? Mm-hmm. And so their personalities are almost like entertainers in a certain way, beyond just your traditional athlete who just plays the sport, right? Yep. Um, and so I think. You know, the hip-hop artists with the biggest personalities and that could do different things, people like Kanye, you know, and I've worked, and I've worked with Kanye. I was on the board of his, his, uh, his charitable foundation for a while. Okay. Um, you know, he's someone who thought in four dimensions. He thought mm-hmm. about fashion, the music, the, the art, like literally visual art, you know, um, and how it all tied together. And I think some of these gamers have this understanding that goes far beyond gaming of sort of the digital future of our culture. And that's what's exciting to people. And if you see now gaming is at the epicenter of pop culture, that's why I've kind of coined the term pop gaming. Yeah. And now football players, like I was, I was with bad bunnies, uh, uh, like best friend. Uh, and, and like, I don't know what he does with him, but like two nights ago in New York. And he was like, all that dude does is mm-hmm. game. Like he plays shows and he games. Like, what does he play? Like, what? What does game? What does Bad Bunny play? He's Call of Duty guy. Uh, is he? I, I don't know. What, I think he said Mario Kart. I can't remember. Mario what Kart. Said. Interesting. Okay. It's always cool too. Like, like everyone has their everyone has their games. Uh, that's the other thing that's always interesting. Uh, but you, you're right. Like it's it's all they do. Or seeing, see. I mean, you have NFL players that are that are investors and playing. Is you know, it's sort of like ballers where the people who are really honestly amazing at what they do, earning millions of dollars playing football or, you know, Josh Hart with basketball are spending yeah, their free I, time. I brought, I brought Josh into face plan action. Did you really? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're spending their time 
gaming. Great guy, by the way. Really yeah. good human. Yeah. Nice. Good gamer. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to me seeing that. What do you think are the barriers moving forward for for gaming to be recognized more as mainstream? Because I think we're still in this weird place where you know it's it's almost like the that strange article that'll come out in the New York Times or wherever it is on on certain people and everybody reads it like wait you can make money gaming so i'd say like the majority of the population still is like wait you can make money playing video games and then there's a very select few who inside are like how do you not see this is totally the future so where where do you see the things that need to change so that people see it the way they see hip-hop which is yeah absolutely this is this is just it well look the paradigm shift is happening like i said and um i think you know, as the CMOs get older, at the at the um, they, they think they're aging out. New people are coming in. I, mm-hmm. I think you know, if you got people like thirty or thirty-five and under, they get it. And then people above don't get the concept because ga- they're thinking of gaming as like the console that they grew up with, like an Atari yeah. or a ColecoVision or whatever, which was which was a which was a solitary event, right? You, yeah. you were in your thing. You weren't communicating well. In many ways, Twitch and the gaming world is almost a social network, right? You're Very gaming so. with lots of people all over the world. You're talking to them. You're creating content around your gaming. It's, it's, I mean, there was a quote from Netflix saying, we're less concerned about Hulu and our other competition, competition than we are about yep. Fortnite, right? Yep. Because people consume gaming content more than any other content in the world, right? Mm-hmm. You talk, and I mean that loosely. I'm not talking about just gameplay or game montages or twitch they also watch reality you know clips on people who just living their lifestyle they want to know about these gamers because these people are their heroes yeah. and they're, they're the celebrities right so i think that you know we're seeing i mean i can't mention now but we're in talks with a major sneaker company so we would okay. be you know, jumping way ahead of all the orgs that have been around for a long time if we did this deal in terms of, of the first really big sneaker deal in gaming you know okay. there's a couple of orgs that have done some small stuff yeah but this would be a real and so just like sneaker culture took a while to get hip-hop mm-hmm. and it took a couple collabs with a couple hip-hop artists like jay-z tried to do it early it didn't work with the reebok, reebok. s dot carters yeah yeah um yeah and so then people said it doesn't work right but the fact is it, it did work it just took a little time and jay-z was just as he normally is was early ahead of, ahead yeah always ahead of the curve brilliant dude yeah brilliant dude okay i've uh, had a chance to meet, meet jay-z which was really cool through pharrell um and i got to see some of his art collection stuff that was an amazing experience how was that because his art collection's super private other than what he has up at rock nation yeah it was well so i we were in his office uh so I, pharrell brought me over to meet him okay um so i didn't see like his the stuff in his house and all the i'm sure okay. he's got like Rothko's and shit that yeah ridiculous but he, had a, um, he had just bought a, a bunch of pieces uh, it was mm-hmm. from a photographer you know there's a there's like a really famous photo of like Harlem and there's all these jazz musicians in these windows of like a burned out building it was that mm-hmm. photographer he just bought a bunch of those pieces so he had them in his office so when I said I saw his art collection I saw probably like 0.05% of it <laughs> uh, but it was cool to hear him talk about it and he also had it was an interesting thing too because he had a picture of fuck, I can't remember her name now. Um, oh man, she married like the Prince of Monaco. She was a famous actress. 
from no. a, a long time ago. Oh, let, me go, let me go to the Google machine. No. Nope. Um, oh, Grace Kelly. Oh, I do know the name Grace Kelly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had a he had a picture. I think it was a Warhol or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of Grace Kelly, and he was like, he's like, you know why I like this picture? And I was like, no, I'm not sure why. You know, I was kind of like a little timid. <laughs> and he was like, she's just like me. And I said, how? How so? And he's like, she grew up in the projects because she grew up, I guess, in the projects in Newark, or whatever. Okay. And she wound up being royalty. Yeah. That was like, wow, that was an interesting thing because he grew up in the projects and he's yeah. become sort of royalty. Essentially of royalty. Yeah. And she literally married the Prince of Monaco and became the, the princess of Monaco. Interesting. How was, uh, who, who else have you met that you'd say uh, was, uh, was worth mentioning? I mean, like in terms of stories, because that's a cool story. Well, I mean, like Cuddy, Cuddy, um, I think the interviews I've done, I did with Cuddy are still up on the internet someplace. I'll have on, to check those out. Whatever. I always thought like, for me, Cuddy was like a genius. Um, when Day and I came out, I first heard on Roxy Cottontail's uh, mixtape. It hadn't been released yet. Uh, it came out on the 10 Deep mixtape. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't have a contract yet, uh, whatever. Um, and uh, he was a quiet guy, but he's just a really like smart, introspective guy. I think this guy, Henley used to work for me, was, was really close to him, wound up managing him for a little bit. Um, so I spent some time with him in Miami when he was in Boston. He used to come by Carmel. We used to lace him with stuff. He, I, the, the first tour that he did, he wore a hat on stage every, every show. Mm -hmm. And he, he, I gave him that hat. And he mentioned that, like, being meaningful to him in the interview. You can find the interviews if you, if you Google uh, uh, my name and Kid Cuddy. They're on YouTube still. Um, and I just think he's just, uh, he, he was just a genius. I mean, he did a lot of writing for uh, a lot of the other hip hop artists and he really helped Kanye a lot. Um, yeah. He's kind of like a quiet, introspective guy. He's obviously struggled with similar issues that I've struggled yeah. with, so I related with that. Yep. Uh, and, you know, spending time, I mean, like literally he played uh, the Carmel store opening party, just he was chilling in the store, when he, he played the thing, it's like, no one knew who he was. Like, I'm like, I'm telling everyone, like, you're seeing this guy. He did it for $500 in free clothes, right? You know, wow. like, and he was like, I'm like, this guy's going to be so fucking big. You just watch, right? What year was and, that? Uh, I don't know when it was. The, it was right when that mixtape was coming out. I, I want to say okay. 2008, 2007, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I really don't remember. I'm not yeah. good with years. Years like that. Um, yeah. I still have the flyer someplace, but yeah, I mean, I've had a, so many amazing experiences. Uh, you know, uh, people have been around Diplo. Obviously we, we, at the end of Carmel thing, we were starting to direct videos. We did, uh, like the twerking craze really came from um, the, the Diplo video that we did because mm -hmm. twerking was like a local thing, like in the NOLA bounce scene in New Orleans, mm -hmm. right? And Diplo shot uh, the Express Yourself video, which we filmed. If you go to the video now, it still says by Carmel. And he like found like both men and women twerked in, in New Orleans in this really? weird scene, right? Okay. And they're in the twerking in the video, right? And like, that video started the twerking craze. Like we were sorry to, to all the parents of America, but I think we were, <laughs> we, we actually launched the twerking craze because it came from like 
a local regional thing in New Orleans. New Orleans has this like rich, like unique super cultural culture. history. Yeah. Damn. And he put it in the video and it just blew up. It was Nikki to B was the was the MC and he wound up actually dying of AIDS, uh, unfortunately. Oh, that is unfortunate. I'll, I'm going to check the video out, though, because I definitely haven't seen that one. Oh, express yourself. Express yourself. All right. So, you know, to, to sum up, like, what are some things people could expect coming out of XSET in the near future? Because you guys are yeah, still so really new, talk, man. Talk that much about XSET, so, um, which is obviously my new passion. It's amazing yeah. working with, like, people that I've known for so long and are such good friends. I, lo- I love the fact that it has a social purpose that like drives mm-hmm. me, you know, um, phase man was fun, but it was like, you know, this is, we're trying to create something that's new and different. And that's always exciting when it's a brand new thing and it's your own thing. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of run you through sort of what we've done since we are five weeks before, yeah. about six weeks into it, you yep. know, um, we've got, I think we've got about 35 people signed. We got mm-hmm. a, you know, we have the, the world champion, World of Warcraft team. Um, we're helping launch a new game called Spellbreak, which we just did something on Twitch. Okay. Um, we did stuff with Little Keed. We've got deals with Triller. We've got deals with Ghost Lifestyle. We've got deals with Wahlburgers, Respawn, Scuff Gaming. A um, couple more big ones we're going to announce. We're working with 300 Entertainment to be doing regular events. We, um, we'll, we will be announcing uh, something really big along uh, our social good platform, which is we're making a formal partnership with a nonprofit that helps, uh, you know, youth from uh, underprivileged areas in trouble. And we're actually going to put their logo on our Jersey. It's going to be the biggest spot on the Jersey, the most expensive spot. We're not selling it, which mm-hmm. you normally sell for the most money. We're giving it to a nonprofit and we're going to be raising money, doing a lot of stuff. It's a, it's the first time ever in history that a esports team has, uh, as their main logo sponsor, a nonprofit, obviously they're not paying us. We're yeah. giving back to them. Um, you know, we're doing that because we want to show that we walk the talk. Um, you know, uh, obviously we've gotten a PUBG mobile, which I think is really exciting because we're super exciting. first or second best, um, uh, American PUBG mobile team, but it's mm-hmm. not big here yet. And we're going to yeah. take them all over the world. We have an all female squad that are killer in a game. I can't mention uh, okay. We're about to sign. Um, They're just like awesome, right? Um, and, and it's going to be another big move announcement for us. Um, we bought into a Rocket League team, right? Which was, you know, uh, which we really believe in that game. Um, we launched our merch. We launched with five pieces, sold mm-hmm. out three times. We started with zero audience. I couldn't imagine like this happening. We had on, you know, on July 20th, no one knew our name, yeah. right? We launched a merch brand. Within a month, we had sold a ton of, of merch with like, we paid, spent zero money on it, right? So and obviously, it's such nice shit too. That blue hoodie, the gray hoodie, like the long blue. I, I was taking a look at the, the Hayes hoodie, I think it's called. But like, I was looking at all the merch too. Will killed it on that. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're working with Dennis Calvaro, who's an amazing designer. Mm-hmm. Back from my Carmel days, he, was the, the, he created Crooks and Castles. He's got a bunch of young kids with him who know the gaming space. So it's like, you know, that like OG who has, you know, fashion style. And then he's got some kids who really know the gaming space. Yep. Wait till you see the stuff we put out this fall. It's really like, it to the next level. I'm looking forward to that. So we have for- a big, big article in a major fashion magazine 
I can't say yet it's going to be covering our fall drop uh, when, okay. when it comes out. And we're trying, we're shooting for the 15th of September. 15th of September. Okay. Being only six weeks in, having done all this, you guys must be working nonstop. What, what do you, what do you hope to see for this over the next five years though? We're six weeks in. So. Well, I mean, we were all kind of looking around to, at each other. Like, can you fucking believe this? Like, yeah. how, I mean, we had an article uh, talking about our engagement, Ashley, uh, uh, BTW, uh, Pokemon and uh, Ewok all in one article in VentureBeat. Like we're, are, we're already in many people's mind a top tier, top 10 tier work, right? Mm-hmm. And we're six weeks in. Imagine where we're going to be in six months. But part of, I think, the reason why we've been successful is because we're filling a void that hasn't been there. So it's not yeah. just us, right? It's yeah. the fact that we're get, we, we went to the market and said, hey, like, we want everyone. We want the world. We yeah. want, we, we're not going to be elitist. We're going to be different. If you've got style, like, and, and you, you know, and, and you can play games and you're interesting, you're part of Accent, right? And, and yeah. it's like, we want to blur where like being part of the professional or squad exit begins and where, where, where all our fans and movement, we want everyone to feel like they can be on exit at some point yep. and that they have access to us and they can help us design merch and they can help rep the set any way they want. And so I think when you talk about where we'll be in six months, I mean, we're going to be announcing some, some more, you know, as we are growing, we raised the money that we needed really quickly. We're going to be doing another round. We're going to have some, big names that we're announcing uh, in the hip hop world that are coming on board. So I think we're going to be, you know, a major thing, but I think one of the things that is really important is one, I'm not going to make a lot of, you know, some of the mistakes I've made in other companies, I'm really focusing on not doing. And, and I think as a group, we're all thinking about in terms of taking money from the right people. I mean, one of the things we're proud of is not only is, is like the team diverse, you know, I would say out of our 10 investors, uh yeah out of our 10 investors five of them are african-american right so that's awesome it's going through it's one thing to just have the team but we want to make sure that you know, we have ashley aaron simon is involved uh you know um we have uh uh you know in in, in on, on giving input and we want to get her more involved but she's you know with Venn tv as well but yep. we're trying to work out but we're going to have you know we want the the team the management and the investor and the board to reflect, to, to, to follow the principles that I sent you of the company. Right. Mm-hmm. I love those, so, by the way, I love those right. reading that through. I really enjoyed actually reading that. It was, it was clear how thoughtful it was in putting it all together. It wasn't something that was like some quick bylaws that you guys threw together. It was very evident that you guys really sat down, really discussed it, wrote it, edited it, added to it, went back to it. And they were all great. It's also a good way for us to check ourselves, right? Because yeah. as you get bigger, more opportunities come. I, I know, I'm sure you've noticed one of the things we said, like if there's a company that doesn't align with our social mission, we don't care how much money they throw mm-hmm. at us. We're not going to take mm-hmm. money from it, right? Yeah. It's sometimes hard to do that, right? Yeah. Because if money starts coming, you start getting bigger. So it's something we can always go back to and say, our, here's our principles and here's you know, our principles in action. So most of you guys out there haven't seen it, but before we did anything, we wrote down, here's the 10 principles we want to live by and how we live by. We wrote it out, like what we need to do and how we, how we do it. And, and, 
it's a way for us to make sure that XSET stays true to our mission, right? That yes. doesn't mean we won't screw up and someone might call us out and say, hey, you're doing this or that. For sure. But we're going to listen and we're going to be like, okay, you're right. If this didn't work or we didn't know or we didn't, we're going to check ourselves and we're going to make sure we have to stay humble, even though the experience has been so amazing and we've had such tremendous growth. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I think one, one article I saw, it's like the fastest growing esports gaming organization in history, right? Or something like that. You can't like, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that Jimmy Iovine said to me, who was an investor in FaZe, was like, he had this saying, like, don't breathe your own exhaust, right? That really like stuck in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and for those of you guys that don't know Jimmy Iovine is he created Beats by Dre. He's yeah. an amazing and, 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 and Interscope Records. I mean, the guy's just a genius, right? Yeah. I think the really most successful people have to constantly not pat themselves on the back and say, hey, what am I doing well? What can I do better? And am, yeah. I, am, I, am, I, am I believing the hype? Because as soon as you start to believe the hype, you fall on your face. I've done it before myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think we're coming at it with a very clear mission, building fast, but building smart, and also trying to, you know, we know what exit is and what it isn't. And that, yeah. by defining that, that's going to really help us grow the right direction. All right. Awesome. Thank you for joining me in this today. I know your schedule is mad busy. This was interesting. I definitely want to keep up with you guys uh, and, and maybe eventually even join next set. And actually, for the last thing, I, I, I genuinely would be down. Uh, but for anybody who does want to get in touch with you guys, you know, just to, to end it off, they want to get in touch with you to be able to join or any of the things that you mentioned, what's the best way to reach out to you guys? Is it tweeting at you? Is there a general email address to reach out to? What's the best way? Yeah. So, um, follow us on IG at Xset, follow us on TikTok at Xset, um, follow our, uh, channel at twitch.tv at Xset gaming. Um, follow us on, uh, Twitter at, Xset Gaming, follow me at Selco, that's S-E-L-K-O-E, -E, that's both my Instagram and, and my Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then we also do have an email, which is uh, uh, repset at xset.com. So that's R-E-P-S-E-T at xset.com. We try to get back to everyone, but it's, okay. it obviously it, takes like, time. yo, what? I'll, people hit me on Twitter, like, I emailed you guys. Why, like four hours later, I haven't heard anything, <laughs> bro. Like we're gonna get back to you, I promise. But you got to give us a few weeks because we yeah. we're getting so many. Flooded. You can go on the X site xset.com to get our uh, merch, and there's lots of ways to contact us there too. All right, awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for this, man. And uh, yeah, oh, I want to show you my book collection. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it real quick. Have you read all those? No, no, but, but, uh, I mean, it's everything from like the history of punk rock and like the beastie boys and, and, um, you know, uh, the history of hip hop and all sorts of different books on hip hop and graffiti art and pop art to like books. I have a whole section on Boston, on, on cities, um, a bunch of books on recovery, a bunch of books on like world history, a bunch of business books are over there. Um, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, Malcolm X's biography. In fact, the, the story behind Exit um, is I, I was, 
I was quarantining because I was really sick and I did, it was right in the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I, if I, had, I, I reread Malcolm X's uh, uh, autobiography. Um, and that was like that X, I was like, I got to do something with X. And I mean, he's obviously one of my, my heroes. Um, and he's, he's a complicated guy like, like me and he evolved yeah. and he became changed a lot in life. Um, and I really, you know, so the, the, Although the X in uh, X set really is stands for the, the number that, you know, like Latin X is now being mm-hmm. used, the concept of for everyone, you know, it represents everyone. But also the first sort of peaking of the name X set came from when I was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X and has big Malcolm X on the, on the cover. So I didn't read that anywhere else. Did you mention that anywhere? Because oh, that's, that's the first. That's a first. That's dope. Well, thank you for, for giving me a first for that. Cause I, I read everything. I, I, I read books and sneakers. I books, recommend that to everyone. Books and sneakers. That's a good recommendation set, but good recommendation set. All right, Greg, this was dope. All right. uh, uh, thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll shoot you the links when everything goes up. Yeah, no, look, I'm super grateful for you having me on. We should definitely talk about you joining X set. Look, I, I have a, Tremendous respect for, I know you're building an app, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're just, you fit, you are what XSET's all about. So much appreciated. Sounds good, man.